Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello Egg Chasers, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We are just, well, me, Tim, uh, JB there. Hello Tim. And Phil. Hello Tim. Three fans of the game who love rugby and are here for you, well, always weekly, unlike some other people that have, you know, summers off and stuff like that. Summers off? I know, crazy isn't it? 52 weeks a year. Ridiculous. Uh, But... did Did we have a week off for Christmas or did we power through this week? Uh, this this year? No, we haven't had a week off. No, I don't think we have, have we? No, never had a week off. Uh, so, yeah, we're here multiple times in the week for the British and Irish Lions tour. So this is the podcast uh, reacting to the result earlier, which was 32-10 victory by the Lions against the New Zealand Maori, the last proper game before the test. Yeah, yeah. you're right to say that. Given that Warren Gatlin's going to pretty much wrap his test side in cotton wool over the next week. <laughs> yeah, anyone who's got any chance of being anywhere near that test side yeah. in cotton wool. Yeah, which which has thrown up one particular talking point, which we'll get to uh, in just a minute. But um, JB uh, JB loves a hacker. Oh, <laughs> there was another God. hacker during this New Zealand Maori game. I thought I'd just share a little bit of it with you. Here we go. Let me just play a little snippet. <laughs> Great, some good moves there. So, <laughs> riddle me this, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a big fan of the hacker. I get it. The All Blacks do it, right? The All Blacks should only do it. Or the national team, or whatever it is. Or maybe a special occasion. But, you know, as I've mentioned before, they do it for all sorts of things now. Court summonses, you know, paying your council tax. Weddings, bar mitzvahs, funerals. Exact christenings. You know, there's hackers everywhere. Filling up your car at the gas station. Hacker. Now, not only have they ruined it somewhat, but did you see the precision that they did that hacker with? And I thought... Why are they practicing dancing when these boys can't actually get a line out in? <laughs> and this is just, it's the ultimate in stupidity. And what is the wooden axe for? So, so far on this tour, we've had about 16 hackers and at least 27 different weapons handed over to Sam Warburton or yeah. the captain. I mean, how they're going to get through customs is beyond me. It's like when... Uh, Anything w- to declare, sir? W- when uh, you're, yeah, when you're at school and you go on a, a little... Day trip to Calais, or is what my school did. We went to Calais, and uh, yeah, loads of kids got got collared on the way back because they were buying fireworks and little ninja stars and stuff like that. <laughs> ninja stars, that's going to be the next stars. one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a rabbit snare. This is a uh, just who? It's ridiculous. The whole the, the whole thing is slightly ridiculous. And th- there is a serious point. They must have practiced that because that's not a normal hacker, is it? 
No, it wasn't. No. It was it certainly wasn't a normal half. And how long would it take us three to be able to walk in a V and perform the exact same dance? It would take a while. Fair bit of work. Uh, we've not got the base level training that these All Blacks have, though, or yeah. these Ma- even these Maori All Blacks have. I mean, they, I honestly think they spent more time practicing their dancing than they did their rugby. <laughs> it, it, it did look like it from the way that they played at times. The yeah. bit, the bit for me, as I've said before, that bothers me about the hacker isn't the pre-game hackers. I quite like, I quite, I enjoy them. It's the commercial hackers, like. Hang on, isn't that what bothered me? No, but it bothered, no, it, like the adverts when, like, because it happened. It happened. <laughs> I when know they, what you mean. It, when Procter and Gamble. Yeah, um. yeah, exactly. <laughs> when they crowbar hackers into, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, there's some office workers, but we, 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 oh, the they're World not- Cup, the Lions tours on, so quick, get them somehow to, yeah. I don't know, do a. Here's a group of mothers, uh, yeah. uh, like advertising soap powder. <laughs> yeah. Hacker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly what you mean. And it was the same with the the Lions tour to South Africa, when there was suddenly it was all safari based. That yeah, they, well, they found different ways to crowbar safaris into everything. Uh, yeah, and well, yeah, same for the World Cup as well. A few years ago, yeah. If you really love the hacker, and some people do, and I don't mind it on occasions. I've got to say, it was very cool when we saw them doing it in training. We saw them doing it in training. We also saw it. We were pitch side when they did it in USA yeah. in Chicago. That was pretty impressive. It's easy to mock because they've done it loads. But if you want to keep the institution, you want to keep it a bit special, just a bit special, yeah. okay? Yeah. You're going to have to relax all the stupid forced respect laws around it or else you're going to have more images of some people like Mako picking his ear whilst bored in front, in front of the hacker. <laughs> uh, and you're going to have to stop doing it in provincial games and you're going to have to stop doing it in these novelty ways and stop doing you know, Thriller before it. It's like... It's like having a beautiful pair of English shoes, English-made shoes, and then putting, like, diamond studs on them and and jewellery and and just just ruining it. Just wearing them for every single thing you do. Doing the gardening. Yeah. Where where your church is. Yeah, exactly. Going to the gym. Where your church is. Uh, Cross-country run. Churches. Taking the bin out. Other shoes are available. (laughs) Well, well, no, they're they're not. I mean, other dancers should be available, but apparently the only (laughs) thing that that they do is the hacker. So, uh, yeah. Uh, as for the game, takeaways then? Uh, mixed. I mean, they are still on this path of progression. I mean, there is no attack, is there? Can we agree on that? Yeah, we can agree on that. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, interesting, and we'll talk about, if you're a, a Scotland fan who's very happy, and rightly so, about the th- only the third ever victory in Australia for Scotland. Yeah. We, will, we will get into that on tomorrow's podcast. Yeah. But um, isn't it interesting that the man who turned down being Rob Howley's assistant instantly <laughs> made an impact with Scotland yeah. yeah yes it is but you know in fairness to him you understand why he turned it down though uh, well yeah oh no no I'm not saying he shouldn't have I'm yeah, saying yeah. He, he should, he should he, never have been offered Rob should, Howley's assistant yeah he should not have been the assistant role yeah. he is an international coach in his own right and he's a hell of a good attack and skills coach I'm going to defend Rob Howley here I'm going to defend Warren Gatland and say Gregor Townsend, magnificent though he is, and he certainly is, and as well as he's got these, this team playing, a lot of that team comes from two different teams. Oh, that's Scotland team. Oh, sorry. My bad. <laughs> um, whereas uh, the Lions is a completely scratched side. So I just wonder, how, how long would it need to be or need to take for them to get to play like Scotland do? I don't I, think it's that easy. I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I'm not sure I will accept this it's a scratch side that, they are aren't they? They, the, are. they they're a scratch side in the sense that they 
are, uh, don't play together regularly, but they're not a scratch side in the sense that these are the best players we have. But they are the best players we have. And and you look at some of the key co- uh, combinations, they play together a lot. Yeah. The, the line-out is Saracens. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the halfbacks have played together. They must have 40 or 50 cap, international caps together, Conor Murray and, and Johnny Sexton. So it's not... It is a scratch side, but it's not, if you get my meaning, even Sexton and Teo must have yeah. 20 or 30 games together. And then three of the outside backs, Jonathan Davies, George North and Lee Halfpenny. Lee Halfpenny, yeah. Probably 40, 50 caps together. Well, let me ask you this then. Do you think that this might endanger Owen Farrell starting at 10? So I was thinking about that today. I think that Gatlin will want to keep exactly the same side except for injuries to take people out of it. I don't think even Sam Warburton or Owen Farrell will break into that starting 15 for the, for next week's test. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, it, so he gave... That that whole team played 60 minutes together. Mm. He didn't make a single change until 60 minutes when uh, Cruz came off. Um, I think he's going to start that exact team providing none of those boys have got a knock. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Farrell's injury means he will be touch and go. Yeah. Anyway... So he won't have a even if he is fit, he won't have a full week of training. No, they might slot slot him in on the bench, but yeah, I'd be surprised to see any changes from that. Mm. Um, which we were sort of talking with our test side previously. We were sort of thinking Alan Wynne Jones would come in, but I think Kratoji, yeah, as a unit, were outstanding. Uh, yeah, the scrum and the line out, twelve out of twelve scrums, eleven out of eleven line outs, and. 99% rook success as well 105 out of 106 I tell you what success. I liked today in the scrum was the patience shown by a furlong yeah that one scrum yeah in the lead up to the penalty try so he takes it he takes it he takes it and then they start encroaching gradually and build up that momentum I was really impressed with him actually I wasn't sure exactly what quality of scrummager he was I knew what he offered with his carrying game yeah. You, you know, you know, like the obvious stuff, but it was interesting to to watch him work. He did very well. And interesting yeah. again, as you say, units and stuff. Four out of five of the front five Saracens, Saracens, mm. and yeah. it was the most dominant scrummaging performance we've seen on tour. So, yeah. if I was going to throw a spanner in the works, I would say the guys that might not start. I think Jamie George is in genuine danger of not starting. Really? Yeah. Even with the line out on scrum going as well as it did. Yeah, I do because I just. As he's excellent around the park normally, but he has been quiet for him. So I think, I think his line out is too important because they'll have. So Cruz will be calling the line outs. Itoji will probably be there starting. I think it's too important to keep that combination together. Yeah, I, 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 I do see what you're yeah. saying. He's not been his usual kind of bubbly self mm. uh, around the park, but I, th- I think there's very little chance of him. L- let's talk out. about the elephant in the room, as far as I'm concerned, George North. <laughs> that, that, he does not deserve a test spot. No, he doesn't. He's done nothing. No, I completely. I I would have Liam Williams ahead of him. Liam Williams, Elliot Daly. I maybe. would have an, uh, Elliot Daly ahead of him. And I, I going into the tour, I would have liked to see Noel, but he he has been. He's not vi- played well enough, has he? He's been very poor. But man, you neither's George North. George North has done so little. I've got a feeling George North will get the nod. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think I think he will get the nod. I don't think he deserves the nod. Yeah, um, Liam Williams. Mm. Liam Williams is is really really good, but 
but it does feel like Liam Williams plays to the very edge of his natural ability and continues <laughs> to do so. Um, a lot and, that, of, and that's a natural ability that's already dealing with rickets. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a very good player, but I, you know, I kind of think that the only reason you play George North is because he's playing so within himself. And when he plays to the absolute extent of his physical ability, you know, that's how you win tests. When, Whether going with him for that risk is worth it. Genuine question. When was the last time you saw George North play to the was it about limit of his physical ability? Maybe for three minutes against was it Scotland? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe 10 minutes in total in the Six Nations. Maybe 10 minutes in total for Northampton all season. But it does tend to be in bigger matches, international matches, Lions tours, that sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, in, in um, Australia, he was very, very impressive. That was probably was, yeah. peak North. Yeah. North, <laughs> North, North Pole. <laughs> very good, JB. Thanks, mate. Should have... Uh... Oh, thank, thank you very much. <laughs> um, are there, are there any other adjustments or maybe surprises for the bench? So the only question is Sam Warburton for me. Is he fit enough or and does he deserve a starting place ahead of Omani and O'Brien? Mm, I think it's a straight shootout now between Omani or Warburton. And whoever starts will captain. captain it. It's going to be brutal. Because I think Sean O'Brien on the other side offers something different to them both with his carry Carrying. It's just general... Monsterness, yeah. Um, Falatau is in, yeah. There's no way Falatau is probably the best player on tour so far, yeah, with Bentio marginally behind him. And Stander offers more impact than probably anyone else on tour, yeah. So, whoever, whoever doesn't start from Omani and Warburton, and I, I would probably have Omani, but whoever doesn't start doesn't get the bench spot. Because you have to have Stander on the bench. So difficult, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I do agree with that. But then I'm, I'm also thinking, well, uh, Warren Gatland, is, is, he's got his style, he's got his tactics, he's going to try and boa constrict New Zealand, put pressure on, box kick, try and get ahead and then hold a lead. This isn't going to be a Lions team that has it in them to come from behind against New Zealand. No. So actually those impact players, well, maybe they're less important and maybe sort of a defensive option on the bench which would be a Warburton so or Omani kind of like I know closers have been used for yeah. Eddie Jones but he kind of uses he means that in an offensive sense yeah and maybe what you're thinking is bring people off the bench who just ruin the game completely like Warburton swimming yeah. through rucks like and putting, a, putting a really defensive batsman down the order yeah like, like a night watchman just close this out who would be that for the... that would be Omani or Warburton would probably do that job they'd, they'd break up the opposition ball a bit yeah, so you'd see people like Warburton and Brad Barrett uh, trotting, yeah. trotting off the yes. bench. See, I actually, I actually look at it the other way. So I'm completely with you in terms of the way that Gatlin is going to play his style, but I actually think as that back row player, you you need to have someone who's going to carry. And I'll tell you why. Because the guys who do the, the hard graft hitting rooks, Omani, O'Brien, the two second rows is Todgy, Cruis. They're Crew not... Todgy. Crew Todgy. Their level of hitting rooks is not going to drop off after 80 minutes. But the guys who are carrying the ball, Furlong, Mako, Mako yeah. Tio, Falatau, they are going to be yeah, absolutely knackered. So you're going to need someone to come on just to up the, like actually take the load off those carriers. Yeah, and it's like I keep on alluding to with attack. You don't need to play flowing rugby to score tries. You need to kind of manufacture. And I think if you're going to go defensive, 
is maybe the best way to be defensive to hold on to that ball and keep on me- making meters. That's it. Yeah, if you can hold the ball for like look at Waldrum uh, in the final against Wasps for Exeter, he made thirty eight carries just carrying over and over again. But he was carrying for a couple of yards a time. Yeah. Not even that. But that just really... getting up and carry, yeah. carry, carry. And that's the kind of thing that Stander can come off the bench and do. Yeah, Stander, Sinclair. Um, yeah. Ken know. Owens. Ke- uh, Ken Jack, o- Jack McGrath. Yeah, Ken Owens, Jack McGrath. They're so, so there's our four for forwards, five forwards on the bench. Would you go with... Um, Reese Webb, Owen Farrell, if fit, and... Yeah. Daly for me. Daly. Tell you Probably, what good-ish yeah. today uh, was... Um, his name Scottish fella Laidlaw he didn't do too bad at all and I thought um, I also thought what's his name looked very very lively bigger lively I th- yeah I think so he threw a few dummies uh, let the defence rush past him past him through, through a pass he looked alright good they can have, enjoy Tuesday well <laughs> have, have a good time Tuesday boys I wonder, I guess those two will play well I wonder if they will play bigger because presumably he's going to have to be on the bench if Farrell's not fit yeah they'll because Finn Russell's been called into the squad as well, hasn't he? Has he? Yeah. Can yeah. we can we just touch on this because yes. this has become quite a contentious talking now, point. I could only I don't know your view on it this yet, Tim. Well, I do from Twitter, but I can only guess the levels of outrage that you're feeling. <laughs> this, can, I, can you hear something boiling? Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yes. So this some people have pointed out. So again, if you've been on another planet and you haven't seen it, Warren Gatland, as was predicted and we jokingly predicted this ages ago when we were looking at oh look Wales are playing Tonga in oh, Auckland oh, oh, oh sorry can we... I interrupt you and give you a new bit a new angle for your conspiracy theory yeah go on is it a conspiracy that Wales played on Friday morning to give them the extra day off I don't think so ready for that test when, the, which which actually I will cut, I will just briefly come to that's my ma- this is my main issue so uh, so, so you do or you don't think so? So what, yeah, I think probably there's no coincidence that it's deliberately done like that, yeah. So Warren Gatland selected four players from the Welsh squad to link up with the Lions, two players from the Scottish side to fly over from Australia and link up with the Lions. Uh, the logic being that they need bodies on the ground and bodies involved in the midweek games so that the test side can just be fully focused on the Saturday games. Logic that I completely get and I understand. What a what has happened, though, is it means that commentators next season are going to say in games, commentators can go, there you go, it's Cardiff Blues and British and Irish Lion, Christian Dacey. It's British Lion, yeah. Corey Hill. It's British li- British Lion and third choice uh, Exeter, <laughs> Exeter Chiefs <tight-head>. prop, <laughs> Thomas Francis. A starting Blues prop, I'll have you know. <laughs> uh, it's... Um, it, like, was your first real knowledge of the Lions? And in, and I remember seeing Lions tours, but it was that '97 Lions tour was the one that captured everyone's. Yeah. Yes. Think about those McGeekin speeches about how you know that one day you'll walk down a street, you'll see someone, you won't need to say anything; it'll just be a look. You'll know because you went through this together, and <laughs> how special it is. The Lions are special. The legends go with it. The legend Christian Dacey. It's it. De- ben Kay's perspective. I read his article in the Times. He just said it devalues. The jersey and what it represents. Yeah, so I mean, if it if Gatland wins the test, it will not matter one jot. Um, if he doesn't win the test, they'll look back at this and think it was an absolute abomination that he'd do this. Disrespectful, devaluing the jersey, all the rest of it. Disruptive, disrupt. Yeah, and yeah, that that will definitely come into it. That, they'll definitely start saying 
oh, it, he disrupted the whole tour, ruined this, that, and the other. I don't... It's going to depend on the test result. I think that's that's it, really. We can't judge whether this is good or bad until it happens. But isn't this bigger than whether... Isn't this bigger than the actual games? Isn't this about mm. the very nature of what the British and Irish Lions is? No. Because if the British and Irish Lions get absolutely hammered in these tests, this could very well be the last ever British and Irish Lions. Because people are going to turn around and go, well, what are we doing? Nah. We are sending down our best players. They're getting absolute, absolutely pummeled. They've got no chance. It's not a professional setup. It's not a sporting event. It's like, it's like McGregor Mayweather. You know? So in a weird way, if he pulls this off, and he wins the tests. You could say, well, this actually might save the Lions rather than, you know, con- con- consign them to history or devalue the well, shirts. The Lions is so profitable, such a spectacle, that there's no way that, <laughs> that the Lions are going to Well, win. if you look at almost every every form of restructure that World Rugby has put forward, you know, every time they, they look at reducing the season, there's always this one problem, and it's the Lions tour. So, it, I mean, it, I think in the next few years it's going to change its shape considerably anyway. But I mean, it, you know, I, if they got hammered, I honestly, I think it will change the shape. And they'll, yeah. but, they'll, but they'll actually they'll want to use the lions to grow the game more generally. So what what will probably happen is there'll be a warm up game in Argentina. I, I or hope there'll right. be a warm up game against Georgia, or the, the things like that will start to happen. I, I, you know, we're kind of looking at this through the wrong end of the telescope, aren't we? Um, instead of saying why didn't you know why is Gatland doing this with these with his players? I think we should say, well, why does this game even exist? I mean. It should maybe you should have a week long longer on tour, which is going to be very difficult with scheduling. Or you say, look, you have your midweek games for the first two weeks, and then after that, it goes on to a test footing, and you can only play weekly. Well, hold on. Okay, so here's here's my big issue with it. Uh, aside from the fact that Joe Launchbury and Johnny Gray are sat there and they've worked their nuts off mm. for years with this as their ambition, and Corey Hill. Is going to pull on a Lions jersey. Uh, yeah. I would feel pig sick. Yeah, but so so no. But apart from that, so the difference. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com between this and 2013 because a lot of people have said oh you know the same thing happened 12 Tom, trees, Tom Barrett's, Court Tom Barrett. Court Shane Williams four years ago Brad, yeah Brad Barrett Brad Barrett Shane Williams Bi- uh, Billy 12 Wade. Trees yeah the difference is those players were brought, Ryan Grant that's what I can remember those players were brought over when there were injuries they were injury replacements this yeah. is not done in an injury replacement I fashion. don't think Shane this, Williams was 
he was out there on holiday in Australia and. Well, no, he was in Japan, wasn't he? Because he was playing yeah, in Japan. Japan. Yeah, but it, I, I don't think he's an injury replacement. I think. But, but if in. if they did anything like this for the final bit of the tour, it was one or maybe two players. Uh, this, it, my point, and I think that was done in an ad hoc level. Like, uh, do you know what? You're nearby. We've got to just get over here and hold a tackle bag in training. And this is premeditated. Warren Gatland talked about this weeks and weeks and months ago. This was muted ages ago. He planned this all along, which is why I think there's no coincidence. The Wales game was on Friday not Saturday. This was premeditated, planned, and as a result, could have been organised. And I'm sure that you could have said, Eddie Jones, Gregor Townsend, I need these players. Can you get them on a plane? Yeah, do you know what? I think think you're right. I think it is premeditated. And I think it's no coincidence the Wales tour is in New Zealand and they played a day earlier than most tests have played. There's no doubt about it. Um, But it is what it is. And, you know, can I just ask you another question? If you are one of these guys like Launchbury, do you want to go all the way? Do you want to miss your test today? Fly all the way over to New Zealand knowing full well you're just going to be there for If I was week. an injury replacement, I think that's fair because you, you, Warren Gatlin said he had his on standby list. Yeah. But he hasn't actually done but any it, injury replacements. Yeah, th- yeah, it is an injury replacement. They no, he hasn't got, done an injury replacement. Yeah, so he, what, he's just got half a dozen average Welsh players and, and, and a couple, well, four average Welsh players. Well, no, Gareth Davies, that's a bit unfair on him, but. Um, so if I if I was Joe Launchbury, I would jump at the chance to do it. Yeah. Because do you remember the th- how much the test team changed from the first to the third test in two thousand and nine? Yes. Massively. Alex so, Corbiziero, one of the best players on the Australia tour as well. Uh, Jeff Parling started tests and played really well. Uh, Ryan Jones had an amazing tour in, in two thousand five. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's so many examples. Someone, of that. someone like Launchbury, if if he was in that squad, he would have a chance. If if there's a couple of injuries of playing the the second or third ch- test, yeah. But I I'll go back to this. We don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I'm purely speculating now because I simply don't know. But these four players flying over, they might play this test or play this game and fly home again. They might do. And if that is kind of the deal they've signed on to, then. Would you want to do that as Joe Launchbury? And I don't think you no, would. I if you were a genuine injury replacement, you're going to stay with the squad for the remainder of the te- tour. Yeah, you probably would want to do that. Um, well, well, yeah. Different scenarios, isn't it? It is. It is. And we could be in a situation in a week's time when uh, Chris and Itoji both go down. Yeah. And you're looking Corey at and your next. Yeah, your next choice is Corey Hill. Yeah, but I guarantee you, I, I, I'd put my house on the market. That they call for launch. They'll call for launch. <laughs> Corey Hill is not playing a test. You know, if a prop goes down, I guarantee Francis will, will not be playing. I mean, that is a fair shout. I, I'd hope so. I yeah. hope. We, <laughs> I hope you're I right. hope injuries don't test this theory, and we, yeah. and we can leave it as a well. We never found out, but um, yeah, well, they're, they're, they're just there to fill some shirts. Yeah, and they're going to be playing against a backup Chiefs team, and I think the Chiefs will probably hammer them. Which it kind of goes back to one of the points I raised. I didn't realise it would be quite such a kind of relevant point to bring up this week, but having Thomas Francis will nonetheless, and Christian Dacey and Corey Hill, to name a few, will have a unique number. And 50 years from now, people will look at that list and they won't understand the nuances of, oh, he was just there for a week <laughs> and held a the, tackle bag. So when you, when you look back through the records, so if you look on uh, StatGuru, it only counts those players who've played a test. So if you look at the top, oh, the, most, the most capped Britain, British and Irish Lions, it's those who've played a test. When you look back through, say, Wikipedia or any of the old ones, there's like an asterisk or a 
called up as injury cover. So uh, Shane Shane Williams. So going through the players. So uh, Shane Williams was only called up for the Brumbies match, where Simon Zebo called up injury cover for Tommy Bow. So there is there is all, there's some clarification to it, but superficially, I get, agree. You still get your unique li- you, Lions you number. Be, yeah, you will get commentators so saying Curry Hill. Lions, Lions class one, Lions second class, Lions third class, Lions fourth class. I d- it becomes very elitist so, yeah. for me. So, this. Li- I'm yeah. not sure I like so, it. So first class Lion is a, a guy lion. is a guy who played a test regardless. Okay, regardless if if he was called up or yeah. what. A second class Lion was selected in the original squad. A third class Lion so sec- selected in the original squad, but never, but never made a test like, like Stuart Hogg. Yeah, for example. Yeah. Uh, although he, because he played a test last yeah, time. Yeah, last time. Yeah. A third class lion is an injury replacement who never plays in a test. Yeah. And a fourth class lion is Tom, Tommy Francis and Cole. <laughs> and then fifth class for Nickel, Andy Nickel. <laughs> <laughs> no, for Dylan Hartley or Alan Quinlan, who was called up and then called up and never made it because yeah. they got banned. Amazing. <laughs> That's what we should do. There you go. So, uh, yeah, so it's kind of like a military ranks, lieutenant, first class, second class, or whatever they do. Yeah. It's lion, first class, second class. And you know what they are then. <laughs> so, do you know when McGeekin says, when you pass that guy on the street, yeah, you're passing, but then you're going to have to clarify exactly what class he was. Or like Thomas Francis has to salute. Has to salute. Ty Furlong. <laughs> Uh, once again, we solve all the problems of rugby. <laughs> Sorted. Any more takeaways from this game? The Maori weren't very good. That's the biggest. As, dis- ex- as expected, I might add. That is the biggest well, disappointment. The big talk for up me. was this was the fourth test. No, not for me. So that back line, on paper, brilliant, electric talent right across the field. Yeah, what happened to Dmac? So Dmac has hardly played any first-class rugby as a fly half. No, he's an age. He's been an age grade fly half, but all of his rugby has been a, a fifteen, and it, to me, it really showed. Have he to, didn't yeah. control that game. I have to say, it's easy to swoon over the player names, like I did actually. I, I mean, I'm very impressed with the individuals, and you know, give these guys, uh, you know, a couple of years together, or you know, a test window together, they're going to be a phenomenal team. No two ways about it. But when the Lions looked at these guys, they'd have seen a mirror image of themselves three weeks ago. Yeah, and for that reason, I, I kind of. Suspected that this wouldn't be much of a much of a test for them, but I'm sure New Zealanders after this game were going actually not so bothered. Actually, off you go, James Lowe, enjoy Ireland. Yeah, 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 quite possibly. Um, the, I am surprised how badly they got beaten. I mean, I had them by 15 points. It turned out to be 22 points. So uh, yeah, and it's good. This is exactly the sort of points difference they're going to need if they're to stand any chance against the actual All Blacks. Yeah, I I said last week twenty to thirty points to stand a chance with the old blacks. I actually think they probably needed a little bit more. Mm. Um, my money's still on New Zealand. Oh yeah, fairly comfortably. The, the statistic. I mean, you went through some of the stats earlier. I can't remember if you mentioned this one, but the three clean breaks for the Lions in eighty minutes is the most concerning one because it's concerning for two reasons. One, it's not enough clean breaks, and they didn't finish a single one of those no, off. It, yeah, no. quite. No, I, you know, it was you silly get... things. They weren't helping each other, were they? They weren't running towards support. Yeah. The ball carrier was running away from his support. And there's very little support actually there. Yeah. Actually preempted so, and read the break. I think Sean O'Brien would have been in for a try if Tia would have gone the other way. And I think if George North helped out JD a little bit, that, that would have been a try as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's you get very, very few chances against the All Blacks. You have to finish them. You have to take seven points. Because 
every time the All Blacks or most times the All Blacks get those chances, they will finish them off. Well, I think the All Blacks are going to be put under enormous amounts of pressure like they haven't been for some time. Certainly more pressure than they were against Samoa. Yeah, I I mean, anyone... anyone... Good game for 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah, anyone considering the Samoa game as a bellwether for how good the All Blacks are misreading this situation yep. completely. But then equally, yes, and the Lions will not fold like yeah. Samoa did in that second half. Sam- how- however, what we've just talked about there, three guilt-edged opportunities to score and the Lions butchered them all. New Zealand score tries, the, the British and Irish Lions will never score. Yeah, but they're also playing against a defence that they never I, used I to play I even think the way they're playing, I'm not sure the Lions would finish against Samoa in anywhere near as well as New Zealand do. This is Their, their, their skills and ability to, to convert um, when they get the chance is frightening. Yeah, but it's kind of styles make match-up. Matchups, so the Lions will probably win by forty points or you know, some some such thing, yeah, because they play differently, and it yeah. might be that that style which stifles the All Blacks. I'm not saying that the Lions are going to win this Test series, but I'm a damn sight more confident than I was at the start of the series. Mm, interesting, yeah. The, well, I, Ireland beat them by box kicking, defensive pressure, and taking the chances t- when yeah. they came. Yes, that is the difference, that, isn't it? That is it. So they've got everything except for that taking the chances. Pop. Yeah, yeah. But that can come. I mean, you just need a good day in the office. Yeah, I, I I do think the Lions have a chance. I think it's a small chance, though. I'm going to... I might... Are you revising your 3-0 whitewash Well, prediction? I mean, I've got to, to revise my um, my clean sweep by the re, by the franchises or, what, or, or whatever they are. So I might have to revise my clean sweep of the All Blacks. I, I'm starting to think that they can win the first test. Hmm... But I'm that not would sure make it very interesting. Yeah, I've got, just got a dreadful feeling it's going to be three nil, and halfway through the second test, it's already over. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it'll be so depressing. You just don't know. What's, it's hard, isn't and it? And they won't throw a bone, will they? They're not going to. They won't ease up. No, because if they have the chance. If they smell blood, they'd. And the one thing you've got to remember above everything else is how much Steve Hansen and Warren Gatland clearly and obviously they demonstrably hate each other (laughs) yes i mean uh, steve hansen everyone lords lords him has been some sort of i don't know upstanding pillar of the rugby community he can be an absolute arse i mean (laughs) he's acting like that towards gatland at the moment and he's often acting like like that during bledersloe cup time i mean he's not really Considering like the All Blacks mantra of no dickheads, <laughs> he doesn't necessarily fulfil that. Graham Henry was quite a, a, a similar kind of character in his day, wasn't he? He was, yeah, very spiky. Yeah, I mean, very hot, you know, very cold. Very. I mean, I'm sure there's very different with the players and in the privacy, but I, I quite like that about. Um, I quite like. I don't know. I, I quite. I, I think if I was a New Zealand player, I might quite enjoy his abrasiveness and his grumpiness yeah I mean I'm going to it... hand him some uh, you know, a bit of a compliment and I'll say you know, if I was head coach of those amazing players god I'd be arrogant I mean <laughs> you couldn't get me off, like, off a microphone I'd be making bets I'd be I'd, I'd be running my mouth continually because my players can back it up bearing in mind Steve Hansen <laughs> has never had a top flight in fact I don't think he's ever been a head coach of anyone else other than the All Blacks and for Wales and for Wales and his record for Wales he never beat a tier one nation no. with Wales he had a 30% win ratio. He's never been a head coach at a club. He's kind of just 
ended up here. Just bumbled his way through. Yeah. Fair play. To the best job in world, world rugby. rugby. And <laughs> actually, the, you know, he might be the best coach world rugby's ever seen. He's certainly, his statistical record will not be far off that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, what I would what I would do for that group of players. If if, if Steve Hansen could um, what, do something that JB would love and just flip someone's passport and nationality instantly on a spreadsheet, um, yeah. Which which players do you think Steve uh, Steve Hansen would go? Go on, I'll flip you over. You can be an All Black. Do you know what I think? I'm going to say none. Uh, this isn't the answer you want. I know. No, I appreciate right. that, and I appreciate we're looking for who is the best player at this position. But just look at the All Black centres and their centre options. We talk about this all the time. Are the two centres that they're going to start with the two best in New Zealand or are they the two best in the All Blacks team? And the difference being is the All Blacks seem to very slowly integrate people in. So I actually yeah. don't think he would go with anyone because his team is so is so settled. I don't think he'd pick anyone in the world over who he's got. I think, I think you make a very, very good point. The only... A position I'd caveat that is back row at the moment just because they're missing Kieran Reid and yeah. Liam Squire. So Talupe Falatau and Maka Vinopola would be the two that, yeah. are, that are better any, than their any, opposite number. I think he'd take Talupe actually. Yeah, yeah. Talupe or, or Billy or Pickamoles. Someone Ooh. someone like that. Yeah. Just because so Ardi Surveyor obviously played eight. We spoke about him last week. He's a brilliant open field runner. He's not great in heavy traffic, and it will be heavy traffic mm. uh, against the Lions. Um, it'll be interesting to see, actually, because there was speculation that Kieran Reid could come back because of his thumb. I've not seen anything more on that. How bad does your thumb need to be to miss a Lions test? <laughs> I mean, uh, do you remember the Ewan Murray thumb incident? Yeah, when he cut it off with an axe. With an axe, yeah, that oh, bad. Oh! <laughs> he played, he played again. That <laughs> yeah. was career-threatening, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 nice. Uh, um, one more thing from this game. Go on then. Tim, you're going to love this or hate this. The yellow card. Uh, I'm, if, if you're doing that whole thing where you go letter of the law, his shoulder connected with the jaw, upper l- upper neck, lower jaw area. Cheek. Che- then it, very clear about this. Then, then it's a yellow card, but... Red card. Well, it's a red card. Maybe by the letter of the law, it's a red card. But red card. If 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 that's what people want, fine. Have, go and do it. I I detest it because I think it was two feet off the ground. It was at knee height. Well, I think it was exemplary refereeing. Actually, I I I agree with that. I thought the referee and the the TMO did well. I th- I think the referee my, my was problem doing is everything in his power. Because remember, he is judge too. He is the who who refs the ref. Um, he's been assessed too, and he did everything in his power to reduce that from a red. So, I think if he'd have tried to wrap his arms, because the problem came because he didn't wrap his arms. If yeah, he had wrapped if, his arms, he just took his head off. Well, if he'd have tried to wrap his arms, well, they wouldn't have looked at it. No, they wouldn't even have bothered. You see, you do see that a lot. We were we were worried when they changed the the laws about the contact with the head, but. It's been reft very sen- sensibly fr- from that point forward. I mean, so I think if he'd have tried to wrap his arms, fine. Because he didn't, it got looked at. He didn't wrap his arms. He made contact with the head. It, yeah. it wasn't particularly dangerous, but it was reckless. And therefore, I think it was exactly the it right was actually, it, it was It was unfortunate rather than reckless. Well, it, it, well it, the if, definition of reckless is to take control out of the situation. And he, he did not have you, control yeah. in if that situation. If you don't have control, 
He, um, didn't, no, he, he didn't have control over Lee Halfpenny falling over. If you don't have control... <laughs> he definitely didn't. And it's outside of the scope of the laws of the game. It is reckless by, by definition. That yeah. is a reckless act. It was reckless that he now, didn't control Lee Halfpenny falling over. I agree. <laughs> well, he, he, you know, here is where I'd make the adjustment in the laws, which is the kind of protocol is where, you know, was there force, was it, is it high... And then once you've got all the information, then you look at the mitigating circumstances. I wonder if the mitigating circumstances could be made to make it even more lenient. So we know what the offence is, and he had two mitigating circumstances. One, as you pointed out, uh, Lee Halfpenny was falling down. That was that was taken into account. It was. Um, and I wonder if that could make it, that could go a step further and say, oh, maybe it's just a penalty. Yeah. Well, so they a, have, so the, I can't remember the exact phrasing they used, but they have given some... Um, subjectiveness to the referee's decision now yes with, with previously the the law was written it was just black and white whereas now there is a little bit of a discretionary element yes yeah, because you can work out exactly what the offense is and then you can scale it back down yeah and that to me is good reffing the uh, yeah. reason everyone needs to go mental including myself is because we had no clear protocol or clear kind of reason as to why these calls yeah. have been given and well, now I wish, we do. I wish the pro i wish the protocol would uh start from a position of it's a contact sport and you can't stop people falling over into knees or shoulders. But I, I think that's exactly what they do. Feet. I think that's yeah. what the mitigating circumstances do. do. If, All right. if, if you are going to lead with your shoulder, you kind of... If, well, okay. And something bad happens... I look forward to seeing another different part of your body that you lead with into a tackle. Well, sorry, lead with your shoulder without attempt at wrapping oh, okay, the arms. That's, that's the difference, fine. isn't yeah, it? All right, all right. Oh, yeah, I'm, I, can, I can do the it. The one that needs clarifying is rucking leading the shoulder and rucking because there is no other way to do it. Well, look, yeah. the, so the way it's written is you must bind immediately. It's either before or immediately as you make contact with the shoulder. Yeah, you, yeah. That. So that, that's... So, it, so many it is, people can bind clear. underneath as well. So if you hit them correctly, it looks like a swinging arm. If someone goes flying, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that needs... Anyway. 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 Good they, ref- they, they made the most of the yellow card. Good refereeing. Fine, fair and enough. most important thing about the refereeing, he is the referee for the first test. I like our chances. Well, especially when we learn how to play him a bit yeah. in the second half. 15 penalties to four, I think it finished up. Yeah. Yep. Um, which, four penalties, I think it's the same number as when Ireland beat the All Blacks. Is that right? Yeah. There you so, go. Oh, that's that, a great so that fact. Is, that is, it's very, very low. If you can get away with finishing an international test match with giving away only four penalties. It's as low as Lee Halfpenny's head was when he got tackled. <laughs> Talk H only conceded four penalties in our first league match last, last, last year, just saying. Just like uh, the Lions and Ireland then? Correct. Wow. <laughs> Very similar in a lot of ways. Uh, I, think we, I think we've knocked this one out of the park, haven't we? So we, yeah. we'll be back with the normal podcast, which will cover off all the international games. Of course, England play Argentina later tonight as we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've got the Wales game. We've got the Ireland and Scotland games. and England. In- England, yeah. And all, all the other stories other than the Lions. Um, and then I don't think we'll bother with a preview podcast. We're not going to bother with a preview podcast for the... Or a, or a post-match reaction maybe podcast. Maybe a preview, the but definitely not a post-match. Or maybe the other way around. Definitely a no preview for the... for the, no, no specific Lions preview for the midweek game. But if something amazing happens or noteworthy happens, then we'll do a podcast. Otherwise, we'll just leave it all for the test. Cause that's yeah. What, that's what we, Warren Gatlin seems to be doing. So yeah. We will, we will podcast suit. when the team is announced as well. Hell yeah, which may well just be a hour-long T.O. T.O. Horn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I know I've asked this before. Some of you have answered answered me on Twitter. I'm off to 
Barcelona for the first test. So, if anyone's out there and knows of a pub where I can watch this test comfortably and into in and in the style that I'm now accustomed to, please get in, in contact <laughs> immediately. So, espresso martinis and a 80 80 inch TV um, um, minimum, preferably yeah. at least 100 feet above ground level. How, yeah, 100 <laughs> feet above street, street level. Yeah. Street, street, street level. level. It's yeah. got to be got to be above street level. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we uh, Lee, uh, subscribe on. Uh, you can't. We've got to stop calling it iTunes. It's now Apple Podcast. I don't know the difference, mate. What is the difference? Don't tell me. It's Come called Apple Podcast now. They're, yeah, they're the same thing. The same thing, a but it's different name. name. So subscribe on Apple Podcast. Subscribe on Acast. Uh, leave your reviews on the Apple Podcast app, and we could read yours out on our next podcast. Um, till then, in a bit. Totes but- amaze. Bye bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.